Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in. Wednesday edition of the program. Happy Thanksgiving to all of you. We've had some odd uh, deals this week with other play-by-play. We'll be out again tomorrow because of Thanksgiving and Friday because Indiana has a daytime game. But we are loaded up right now with play-by-play. This Thanksgiving week, I'd forgotten about it. It is so crazy with IU basketball, football, coaches shows, Purdue, Western Kentucky, uh, trying to find some opportunity to squeeze some high school stuff in. But it has been absolutely a crazy week. We've also got a couple of the IHSA State Football Championship games coming up later this week into the weekend as well. So just a busy, busy time for sports from high school all the way to pro. And glad you're with us. Again, we'll be this will be our last show of the week, and then we'll return on Monday after the, I guess you call this a holiday weekend, but looking forward to a lot of basketball coming up. Uh, again, a great week, a busy week of sports, and glad you're with us here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is Always open during the show. If you got questions, comments, whatever you want to say about IU hoops, or if you're excited about the IU-Purdue football game, we're going to talk some about that today. You can send in your uh, text to me. Open your phone. Uh, get the texting app, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. We call that the Thornton's text line. And right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito in any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register for the Refreshing Rewards program to earn your free breakfast on Thornton. So one more time, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Let's look at the show lineup for this Wednesday program. Brought to you by Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a moment. A look at some headlines, a preview of the Indiana Little Rock game, which is coming up tonight. Uh, after that big Xavier game uh, Friday night, I know everybody's pumped up for those bigger non-conference games, but it's part of the lay of the land. It's how this time of year works. You go from a big game and drop back down to what are called buy games. And coming up later this month, In fact, seven days from today, North Carolina and IU in Bloomington for a big primetime matchup. So if you're a little antsy or you're wanting better competition and to find out more about this team, just hang on because it is coming. Once we get a little further in this month past the Thanksgiving holiday, there is a string of games that's going to tell us, all of us, Everything we need to know about this Indiana team for this season, I I believe that's for sure. We get into some of those early December games, a couple Big Ten games early for this team, 
and I think we'll have a much, much better read than what we do right now. But all signs, I think for now, point to this being a legitimate opportunity for Indiana to have a really good team and maybe compete for a Big Ten Conference championship. So we'll do all that in segment later in the show. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times will join us. I guess technically Justin is, or Dustin, I should say, is now back with the Indianapolis Star, which is a sister paper of the Herald Times. He's covering the Pacers. He'll check in with us still from time to time on IU basketball and football. We'll preview the IU-Purdue football game coming up. A little more interest in that game because, number one, it's a rivalry game, but number two... It is a big game for Indiana coming off the win over Michigan State, which was very much unexpected. So Dustin will help us with that a little bit later in the hour. And also on Wednesdays, Josh Cook joins. He's the sports editor of the News and Tribune. And it's a very timely appearance for him today because high school basketball is underway. Last night we had in our local area at least, I think three or four games involving local teams, which was great. There are some other games tonight. There are more games coming up on Saturday. Of course, the girls' season continuing to roll along. So we've got all of that to talk about coming up here in this hour today. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And again, Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450 is the number. All right, let's get into some things today. Uh, 6.30 tonight, which means pregame at 5.30. Little Rock from Arkansas at 11th ranked Indiana. The Hoosiers are 4-0 this season. Little Rock comes in at 2-3 on the year. Tip-off 6.30, and it also will be on Big Ten Network if you're looking to find the game on television tonight. Indiana projected to be a 30-point winner in this game, or at least... That's what the line from Vegas predicts, a 30-point game uh, win for Indiana. And uh, a little bit about this uh, Indiana team, uh, a lot of connections, and that's not out of the ordinary when it comes to some of these bye games. And part of that is because uh, Daryl Walker, uh, who is, is the coach of Little Rock, he is going to coach against longtime friend Mike Woodson in the game today. Walker was actually an assistant on Coach Woodson's staff with the Knicks, he was there from 2014, uh, I should say 2012 to 2014. This is his fifth season as the head coach at Arkansas Little Rock. He's got an overall record of 53 and 68, won one Sun Belt regular season championship back in the 1920 season. So always a connection if you dig deep enough, and that's the connection between Coach Walker of Little Rock and Coach Woodson of Indiana tonight. Uh, Little Rock, a little bit about them. They took on Jackson State at home on Sunday. They won by a score of 94-91. They beat Arkansas Baptist in their second game of the season for their two wins this year. And their losses are to Southern Illinois, Central Arkansas, and also, I believe it's East Tennessee State as well, have been their three losses so far this season. But uh, definitely a team Indiana should not only beat, but a team that Indiana should pound uh, for lack of better terminology, uh, it's one of those games where you're paying Little Rock to come to town and uh, you're using this game as an early season opportunity to see where you're at 
in advance of some of the bigger games coming up uh, later this month with North Carolina and so many others on the schedule as well. Also, a couple other basketball notes. I think it's worth noting that both the men and the women's teams moved up this week in the new Associated Press Top 25 polls that came out on Monday. Men's basketball is up to the number 11 spot, second time that Indiana has moved up a spot after opening the season at number 13. And uh, Indiana, of course, is going to take on number one North Carolina next week. And then in December, they'll take on number three Kansas. And before that, number 14 Arizona. Also uh, from the Big Ten, uh, Illinois is in the top 25, number 16 Michigan State, number 12. And uh, Maryland, Purdue, and Iowa uh, also in the top 25. There are 23, 24, and 25 in the poll. Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State receiving votes. And uh, so with that, the men moving up, but so did the women. Uh, a 3-0 and week for the women that included a big win at, down at Knoxville at Tennessee. The women moved up six spots to uh, the number uh, six spot in the country in the recent Associated Press top 25 poll. So a big jump for them and uh, pretty neat to see both the men and the women uh, in the top 15. Uh, Good stuff for both programs here early on. One recruiting note as well, IU basketball has a visit set up on Friday with another young prospect. A lot of 2025 interest from in the state. This guy is from down in Florida at Montverde Academy, and that should be becoming a household name if you're really an IU basketball diehard because the Hoosiers have had a lot of success there. Jalen Huchifino, Malik Renault, both from Montverde on the roster currently. There have been some other targets Indiana is looking at from other classes. But this player, his name is Bryce Hurd. He's a top 50 recruit in the 2025 class, and he is expected to be at Bloomington on Friday for an unofficial visit. So uh, that's another name to add to the radar. He's initially from Chicago, so he's more of a Midwestern player, started at Kenwood Academy and then moved down to Montverde during the offseason. It's become a national high school basketball powerhouse. That's a great way to describe Montverde Academy. Of course, Kevin Boyle, the Coach there, he's been a long-time guy in the high school hoop scene with some of the best programs in the country, uh, but definitely a name to pay attention to is Bryce Hurd, who's playing at Montverde Academy. IU football, we got to talk about them. Cam Jones doing some good stuff. Uh, today he's hosting a coat drive in Bloomington. Pretty neat to see him step up and do something uh, around the holidays good for the community. Hopefully that's very successful for him. And the other big note about Cam Jones is that he's hoping to be available to play in the Purdue game. Can he uh, return from his injuries and uh, help out in what would be a huge way to close out the year if Indiana could finish with wins over Michigan State and Purdue? So that's kind of a a hanger on there. See what happens with Cam Jones. Is he actually available to go on Saturday or not for the Hoosiers? But definitely a big one coming up for uh, IU football. There is no question about that. More interest after their nice, solid performance and really exciting win over Michigan State. That was a crazy game. Indiana fortunate to win that game. But again, late in the year, uh, a win over Michigan State, you'll take it any way it can happen. And that's what Indiana was able to hang on and do Saturday. Some high school basketball notes from last night as we close out our headlines today. Big game, Charlestown and New Washington here locally. That's a rivalry game. Charlestown won that one last night, 77-69. Leading the way for Charlestown was A.J. Todd. 
He had 27 points to lead all scores in that contest for the Pirates. And New Washington in defeat, they got 22 points from Mason Arthur as well. A nice win for Matt Lynch's ball club as they open up the 22-23 campaign. Also, Rock Creek and Henryville, that was a very competitive game last night. Rock Creek able to hold on down the stretch. They won 67-61 for their first win of the season, led by Ladarius Wallace. He's a really nice player in the area. He had 20 points, pretty balanced scoring from Rock Creek as well. They're going to be an interesting team to watch this year. Henryville in defeat. They got 18 from Leighton Walton, who led the Hornets in defeat. One other rivalry game to start the year, a pre-Thanksgiving tradition, Eastern Pekin with a 45-38 win over Doc Nash and the Borden Braves. Eastern and uh, Borden has been a long-standing rivalry game to start the year. And so the Musketeers start off 1-0 on the season, winning that, uh, I guess you call it a Clark-Washington battle, Borden, and uh, from Clark County and Eastern right there across the county line in Washington County with the victory last night. A couple other college basketball notes before we head to a break. Boy, Louisville is, 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 is not good. I, that's the nicest way I can say it. Really interested in, to see what Kenny Payne can do there. He's got a strong track record of being a recruiter. He has similar basketball bloodlines as what Mike Woodson does coming from the pro game, but also some of a background in college hoops as well. But really, Louisville struggled, struggled majorly so far out in Maui. And it's going to be interesting to see how they rebound and to be quite honest, if they can rebound, uh, just a really interesting club as far as their struggles. And uh, kind of interesting to see Kenny Payne get started this way. He came in with a lot of excitement. He is exactly who the fan base wanted. I think very little of this, if any of it at all, has to do with him or his coaching. He just came in with a bad group, I think, and maybe didn't get the traction or the late movement from recruiting or the transfer portal that maybe he had hoped. But uh, definitely we'll be interested to keep an eye on Louisville and how things move on this season. They have had not just some tough losses. They've had some really, really bad losses. Who they've lost to in some games and also how they've lost in some of the other games. Just just amazing. And one other note, we didn't have a Tuesday show, but how about Justin Betts and Bellerman? They could not come up with the win at Duke on Monday night. But in a game televised on the ACC network, Bellerman showed that they absolutely play the game the right way. They scrapped and scrapped till the final minute of the game. Justin Betts was really good for Bellerman, showed his leadership, just played the game really, really hard, and need to see them get an opportunity on the national stage to take on a program like Duke. And good to see Justin Betts and, and some others as well on the Bellerman roster uh, get that unique opportunity to play down at Cameron Indoor Stadium. All right, that's our first segment, a look at some headlines for this pre-Thanksgiving edition of the program. Hope you have a great Thanksgiving. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. We're going to talk IU basketball and a little football and more all coming your way next. Also still ahead, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune on local sports. That's what's coming your way the rest of this hour. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.
We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star with us. Dustin covers the Pacers and joins us Wednesdays. We talk IU basketball, football. We'll even work in the Pacers uh, from time to time as well with Dustin. Dustin, thanks for being with us, and happy Thanksgiving as we get started here today. Happy Thanksgiving to you as well, Matt. Thanks for having me on. Uh, tell, tell us about the Pacers beat. I think you've uh, started that new opportunity, still with the same family of newspapers, Uh uh, have you have you been to most of the games here over the last week or so? Yeah, and no, I haven't missed one. I made my first road trip, getting ready for the second one. Uh, they head to the West Coast on Saturday, but they got a couple more uh, in this homestand. They play tonight, uh, get uh, Thanksgiving giving off, and then play again Friday. Uh, they get Minnesota and uh, and Brooklyn, and they're a heck of a lot more interesting than I think anybody expects them to be uh, at, at this point in the year. Won nine of their last eleven. Uh, you know, ten and six, which puts them fourth in the Eastern Conference right now. I mean, I think the presumption is that that they're going to fade a little. What they've been fortunate as far as scheduling is concerned. They've caught a few uh, sort of lower level teams with you know with some injuries, but they're playing really well and, and they're not uh, giving games away. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's, it's been it's been a cool opportunity. You know, so far, you know, obviously it started uh, uh, last week and get kind of our uh, I guess close to two weeks now but uh uh you know just getting thrown into the fire and uh but it's it's a fun beat basically definitely a fun team it's an enjoyable time to start covering these guys because i think they're just starting to uh you know head on a, a pretty high upward trajectory a lot of talented guys a lot of good dudes a lot of good, you know uh guys that are it's a really close tight-knit group uh that seems to like each other and they're they, it makes them makes for a pretty entertaining product Dustin, we'll get to some IU stuff here in a moment, but I'm curious. I've read your work for years with multiple different uh, outlets that you've worked for. You're a first-class writer, always knowledgeable, and ahead of the game in many ways on on what's going on. But how difficult is it to make this transition from being an IU beat writer with a couple different uh, uh, outlets for uh, the course of many years and to go to a new team? I'm sure you've kept up with the Pacers. They're within your realm. They're within our state. But is this a big undertaking to switch your day-to-day operation on who you're focused on? I mean, it is, but obviously it helps to have, uh, you know, good infrastructure. My editor's terrific, uh, Matt Bull, who's been, you know, running the show, uh, you know, for a while and, and, and sort of has a, has a much better sense of institutional knowledge. And it's just sort of, for, for now, it's just kind of execute assignment, uh, you know, basically to sort of hear from that, hey, this is what we want or this is what we think. And, and, and you know, as I start to get into it and start to see things, Say okay. Well, what, do, what do you think about this story now? What do you think about that story next, or, or and that sort of thing? But it, it's it's been interesting, just sort of jumping on the beat mid-season. Uh, there's a whole bunch of reasons for that that are corporate level, uh, that are that are high above us, uh, <laughs> basically in terms of how those decisions are made. I don't know. You know, this is it, it's beyond me. It's beyond my bosses, uh, and all that stuff as to why the switch is now. But I, I, one thing I would say is just the in terms of just going from the college while the NBA. It's so wild how the uh, it really feels like that the. the uh, the pace is so much faster and so much slower at the same time. And I think just because, uh, you know, obviously the college game, you're playing half as many, not even half as many. Um, and there's really about, you know, a, a given team probably has 20 that really, really matter, that people are really, that, that really, really care about. Uh, and so what that means is just sort of every storyline is, is more hyped up because there's, there's fewer games uh, and, you know, just every 
a lot more is riding on each of them. So I think there's there's more fan interest in like every little piece of news that happens. Where if a guy you know sprains an ankle or bruises his knee and misses two or three games, well, that's two or three out of eighty-two. You know what's okay? You know it's a blip, uh, and it, and it doesn't sort of uh, nobody's really just sort of. Uh, losing their minds over that, where IU is everything all the time, and, and obviously I think there's more overall, um, you know, obviously more overall interest in, in IU basketball. But on, on the flip side of it, uh, man, you know, you watch the NBA for a little while, and you're like, I mean, the, the the you know the velocity, just everything, how fast they move, how skilled they are. I mean, it's it's incredible, and you know, I mean, like I, I feel like I've watched high, really high level college basketball for years and years and years, covering the IUB between the IU and the rest of the teams in the Big Ten. Uh, but man, I mean, the NBA it just moves so incredibly fast, and the guys are so talented. And you're watching, you know, bottom level teams. You know, I mean, Orlando Magic are like four and ten or whatever, and they've got Ball Ball and you know, Mo Bamba and Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner and, and Jalen Suggs and guys that you would like absolutely pay top dollar to see at the college level. Uh, you know, they got full teams of these guys uh, in the NBA, and they're not even winning. Like the teams that are winning have guys that are far beyond that. It's uh, it's been interesting and, and getting used to it. I mean, it is a little bit of a different language, honestly. Um, you know, uh, just in terms of just what what matters from an X's and O's standpoint. I'm not the smartest X's and O's mind out there, but uh, you know, just it, it's you know kind of like the difference between like Spanish and Italian. Like, there's the, like a lot of the terms are the same, but not all of them are. You kind of have to get used to the differences and 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 questions that make sense to you know a college coach. That like if you ask the NBA coach, you're like. You don't understand the difference here yet, do you? Uh, and so there's some of that. So it's been a bit of an undertaking, but it's been fun. It's been challenging uh, and, uh, you know, a good time to have. And, again, because they're entertaining, because they're winning, it, it makes it feel for sort of a more fun challenge. Uh, it's definitely not a slog. It's definitely been interesting so far. All right, Dustin, one more NBA question before we transition to IU stuff. Romeo Langford, I saw that he's been moved to active for the Spurs game tonight. Have no idea if that means he really is ready to come back or would see any time tonight. But can he carve out a niche in San Antonio? Has he maybe? Was he starting to do that before he went out with health and safety protocols? What do you see from him in this all-important year if he's going to continue on in the NBA? I haven't had a chance to to, hone in on him too much. I I know he hasn't uh, put up a ton of stats uh, since he's been out there, but you know, I mean, I think he, um, he he can absolutely carve a name for himself. I mean, I think because he's really, uh, by all accounts, really stepped it up on the defensive end uh, and, and started to really, you know, make a difference there. And, and obviously that's what you're going to have to do if you're going to play for Greg Popovich, you know, get some get some work. Obviously he's a good guy to, to work for. I mean, he was getting pretty good minutes, uh, you know, before he went into the protocols. You know, he was playing 17, 21, 16, 34, 16. I mean, he was getting pretty good minutes, not shooting the ball a ton, um, you know, didn't have any more than seven shots in any of those games. Only took a handful of threes. Uh, you know, didn't score a ton of points. But you know, uh, you know, if he if he can defend uh, and he can do his job, uh, then then that helps. I mean, obviously, as as we know, I mean, he can still get to the rim and finish even in the NBA. Uh, you still need you still want that shot to be better, um, and and that's going to be I think the one thing that holds back. Because if you're going to put a guy out there for defense and he's not necessarily going to be ball dominant, uh, you know, you you could really use you know floor spacing and the the ability to hit shots. You really, you know, I've really got a chance to see that, um, you know, just, just in the, this couple of weeks. So, like, you, know, you, you have a handful of real creators on every team that can get to the rim. Everybody else has to be able to shoot the basketball, uh, at least a little. You know, it doesn't have to be a ton. You don't have to take a ton of them, but you got to be at least, you know, create credibility uh, of floor spacing, which is a term, the use of credibility in connection with that is, is a term I'm learning. Uh, but you just got to be out, out there and you got to force your guy to come out to you because otherwise they'll just wall off the paint. 
you know, uh, I mean, that, that's kind of the move in the NBA is just put as many bodies in there as you can because uh, they can close out fast and get to you. And if, and if you can't burn them uh, for the amount of time it takes to get out there, you know, then, then that makes it a lot harder for your offense to function. Uh, so he's got to be able to hit some, but I think, you know, if he, can, if he can play defense, I mean, I think he can make a name for himself, and it seems like he was getting at least pretty good minutes and, and being a real rotation guy for them. So it, it seems to me like he's at least going to stick, um, and it's just a question of, of how much of a role can he build, uh, and, and can he, you know, push that onto further contracts. Talking with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, let's get into IU stuff. The Hoosiers are back at it tonight with a non-conference game. And this is a bye game. It's not as attractive as Xavier or some of the upcoming matchups. But this Indiana team, as they head into this game tonight and another similar game on Friday, what's your take coming out of the weekend after the big win at Xavier and then another very convincing win against Miami of Ohio on Sunday night? Yeah, no, I got to catch a little. I didn't get to catch a ton of Xavier, uh, just because I mean, the Pacers were at Houston playing the Rockets. I got a, maybe a few minutes of that game. And I actually went to the game as a spectator on Sunday uh, in Indy. You know, my wife wanted to go, and so we and a few friends went out for that one and got to check that one out from the stands. Um, no, I mean, I think um, you know, there's. I don't think there's, there's, there's no bad happening uh, with this group at this at this point. Um, I think you would like to see a few guys be more consistent when you get past. You know, one and two of them, and I think at this point, you would say probably the best two players are uh, Trace Jackson Davis and Malik Renew. I mean, Trace has obviously been just absolutely spectacular. He's just dominating everybody right now, and that's that's obviously, you know, huge. And, and, and obviously, I think one thing that's happened with Trace is that he hasn't had, you know, because he's had the, uh, the busted thumb, he's not trying to be very creative out there. He's not trying to step outside of himself and do, like, you know, take some shots or anything like that from outside. He's sort of waiting for that thumb to heal up before he, he you know, kind of tries to prove anything with that outside game. So he's just doing what he knows how to do. Uh, and at this point, nobody can stop that. Uh, basically, when he, when he gets the ball close to the rim right now, there's just, you know, no, nobody that he's faced uh, has a real answer. And obviously, for him to be as good as he was and really carry them at Xavier was, was a big, big deal. To be able to do that on the road just kind of tells you what kind of season he's in for, but I think after that, I mean, the, the, the next best guy is the guy who's most, most like him, and that's Renew, and I've been really impressed with just how easy a transition it's been for him. Um, and, you know, it, it, it goes back to a lot of things the guys were saying before the season started. You know, Trace and, and Race were both saying that we couldn't guard him uh, at the beginning of it because you can't speed him up. Uh, he's going to get to, you know, get to his shot. You know, basically, if, he, if he's in the pain, he's got such good footwork. Uh, and he's so, again, you can't rush him, you can't speed him up, you can't force him to do anything he doesn't want to do, uh, and he'll get to his. Uh, and, and he's got an array of moves and kind of knows what to get to and has, has good counters and everything. Uh, and you're really seeing that. I mean, just his ability to really go to it. Uh, and after that, I think it's, it, it, they're a little all over the place in terms of who's you know, contributing and who's not. Uh, you know, it's been, I think, really big was for David Johnson to have a couple, a couple good games that he didn't have the greatest start, especially in the exhibitions. Uh, that I got to see, you know, Jalen Hurchifino's having a little bit of struggles, which I thought I, I'm a little bit surprised to see because I thought he was kind of just going to come in and blitz everybody. Uh, and I think you want to see some more just sort of consistent contributions uh, from some of the other guards and, and some of the other bench guys. But, you know, I, I think they're obviously sheer size. Uh, just allows them to dominate some of these games they're playing right now. I mean, the amount of these big bodies they can throw at you between, uh, you know, Thompson and Jackson Davis on the first line and then Geronimo uh, and Renew on the second line uh, is really, really difficult to deal with. I mean, those four guys, you, 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 you know, it's hard to produce a better front court, uh, a better two-line front court than what they have. And a race isn't shooting the ball particularly well, but you still have to deal with them on the glass and on defense. Um, and, you know, Geronimo obviously still has his athleticism. You're not seeing... 
you know, you're not seeing as much of the three as I thought you would, uh, as, as I thought he would at least try. But, you know, he's, he can still drive the basketball from the perimeter. Um, he can shoot it on occasion. And he can rebound the heck of it and finish at the rim and out-jump guys. And you're seeing some, some of that. I think he's making two-thirds of the shot. So uh, it, it seems to me, obviously, they're, they're, they're able to just run away. They're able to crush bad teams, or not even bad teams, lower-level teams is really what I mean. Uh, better than any team I've seen in a while at IU, uh, just because they, they just have the raw athleticism um, and the raw size uh, that allows them to kind of overrun people. I think you want to see a little more more skill, more outside shooting uh, than you've seen. You know, some more signs that that's going to get better. Um, but they are able to outrun and out just sort of dunk and out muscle a lot of people right now. Dustin O'Pirak is our guest talking some IU basketball. Are you surprised that here in mid to late November, you just said Malik Renew is one of Indiana's best players? Did you expect that or think that was even a possibility at least this early in his freshman year to make that statement? I didn't. I, I, maybe a little, but not a lot. Uh, I mean, really, you know, from from talking to people, from you know, you, you get to watch a little bit of Malik, obviously, because he was. Uh, at Montverde, and, and I saw some of the games, uh, you know, uh, just a, a little bit, I think, at the end of last year uh, during the Geico Nationals. You know, I, I, I caught some, you know, I don't think I ever watched any of the whole games, but caught some minutes for them. So you had a sense that he had really good footwork and really good touch. And then, you know, when he when he committed, you know, just talking to uh, his coaches there and, and getting a better sense of what kind of player he was. Um, you know, I, it didn't blow my mind completely. It, it doesn't blow my mind completely because you just keep hearing, either hearing or seeing. Um, and then I, I think especially after hearing from Brace and Trace, and I think those guys, I mean, they've been around so long, and, and, and they're really educated uh, at, at this point in, in you know college basketball. I mean, they have a real sense of who everybody is and, and, and what makes a player good um, and what it means to defend a guy and try to stop a guy. I mean, like, you know, you, you wouldn't get much better analysis of this team than you could get from just sitting and listening to those two at this point. They're, they're you know, grown men at this point. Um, and when they tell you something that this guy's playing a lot better, you've got to sit up, you know, stand up and listen because they, they, they know of what they speak at this point. And Trace and Race were very, very complimentary of him. Um, and, when they, and when Trace said, like, we couldn't guard him, uh, that really stood out to me, you know, because it, like he's basically saying, like, I'm an All-American, Race is a six-year senior. We've been contributing for years. This guy walked in the door, and we didn't know what to do with him. You know, we figured it out, but, like, it, it took us a, a week where he was killing everybody, and that meant us. And so when, when somebody like that tells you that, you know, that, that sticks with you. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not totally shocked. You know, I think, obviously, what he's, you know, he's not doing a lot outside of himself. He's sitting, taking the occasional three. Um, he's handling the ball in the open court. I mean, he's not trying to play point guard in, in you know, in a half-court setting or anything like that. Um, but if he gets a defensive rebound and everybody's in transition, he can bring it up and he can drive and kick it. Um, and so that I think is, uh, Im- impressive. Uh, it's, but like, I'm, I'm not surprised that the skill level is showing up. He's probably a little bit better than I thought. Um, and I think, you know, obviously one question I had was how are they going to dole out minutes here? Um, you know, is he going to play the five? Is he going to get play the four? Are they going to put him on with, on the full attraction, James Jackson Davis together? You know, how are they going to split all these minutes? Just really with those four guys, with Thompson, Jackson Davis, Geronimo. Uh, and renew if, if those are going to be the four front court guys. How do they do those minutes to keep you know that second line happy um, and productive? And, and they found a way so far. Obviously, it's going to be a little bit different when they get in the top of competition in terms of how they uh, mess with those rotations. But it, it, I guess it doesn't surprise me that he's dominating the people he's dominating because he's just he's a higher class of player than you know like you know it, when when Indiana you know switches their guys out and Miami switches their guys out. You know they don't have anything that could even touch Malik Renew. So I'm not shocked. 
Absolutely. Dustin Dopirak of the Bloomington Herald Times. Now, I should say the Indianapolis Stars, the Pacers beat writer, my guest. I got to get your thoughts before we let you go on IU Purdue football. Obviously, Indiana football with a huge and unexpected win over Michigan State on Saturday. Can Indiana do it again? I think Purdue's a solid favorite here in this game. I know it's a rivalry game, and sometimes you can throw the records out when it's these type of contests, but it's also at Bloomington as well. But can Indiana put together a little string here to close the season? And this would be a huge finish for where this team was just a few weeks ago. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to call it inconceivable just because they're going to be up for it, and they obviously just being able to beat somebody has, has had to give them a, a big just you know, boost of energy. Um, you know, they're obviously a different team than they were three weeks ago just because they've had to change the quarterback with Dexter Williams, and that's going to make for, uh, I think, an interesting, um, you know, decision, yeah, interesting decisions for Purdue uh, as far as how they game plan for them. Because, I mean, like, it, it, it is truly astounding. I mean, uh, Indiana has two Big Ten wins, one in which they rushed for about 30 yards, one in which they passed for about 30 yards. Uh, you know, I mean, like, you won a football game completing two passes uh, in 2022. That's not supposed to happen unless you're Army or something like that. You know, like that that's not normal. Uh, but Indiana found a way to do it. Obviously, turned some big plays with Dexter, uh, you know, running behind the quarterback. So Purdue's obviously going to, you know, have to be a little bit off balance to figure out, okay, well, what do we do here? Uh, but Purdue's playing for so much more. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, think, I, I think Iowa's the driver's seat um, and controls their own destiny in the Big Ten West. But, I mean, like, all Iowa has, you know, Iowa could certainly lose. They've got one of the worst offenses in college football. Um, so, you know, they, they could obviously, you know, find a way to blow that on, on Saturday. And all then Purdue has to do is just beat Indiana on the road. Um, so Purdue's going to be, you know, come out guns ablazing. I mean, they, they, it, this is a game that they've got to feel like they need to win. Uh, and that there's something really important for them on the other end of the tunnel. I'd, I'd be surprised if Indiana pulls it off. But they do have, again, they do have some, some momentum. Uh, and they haven't had momentum in a long, long time. And you're, they, they, you know, they, they've got a, a quarterback who's fresh. You know, who hasn't. You know, he's a running quarterback who hasn't been beat up all year. You know, uh, a lot of you get to, the, to this point in the season, a lot of those guys take a lot of hits. I mean, Dexter hasn't taken too many. Um, so, you know, he, he's still going to be able to run over some people because he's he's not gone through the same wear and tear that a lot of other guys that played this his position his way uh, have you know played it. So, I mean, they're going to be able to run some option. Uh, you know, do some zone read stuff, and it's going to be you know a lot more effective. It's going to look like it did in September, uh, as opposed to November when you know guys have taken some hits. So, so that gives them a little bit of an advantage. Uh, you know, maybe you know if, if Indiana can get Cam Jones back and get him on the field for one last game, um, I think that could obviously you know give them a boost. You know, playing at home will give them a boost. There, there's a lot of things that could, they could make Indiana dangerous uh, in this game. That being said, I think Purdue wants it worse, and, and Purdue's got a lot of good players. I mean, you know, Aiden O'Connell and Charlie Jones, you know, like this, that passing attack uh, is really, really sharp, and it's been tough for, for teams to hold that back. Uh, you know, they can make some plays on defense. They've got some guys, and, you know, they're in a, in a good position, and, you know, they need win number eight uh, a lot more than Indiana needs win number four. So, I mean, I would still pick Purdue. I would still presume Purdue is going to win this game, uh, and I think Purdue is better than Michigan State. You know, I mean, Indiana had to go to overtime to beat Michigan State. You know, and I know that's on the road too. Uh, and again, Indiana has some momentum in that helps, but I still think Purdue needs this more, wants this more, and probably comes out of it with the win. Yeah, absolutely. Dustin Dopirak with us. Dustin, again, have a great Thanksgiving. Congrats on the new gig, and we look forward to continuing our conversations here on IU and other sports topics of interest. Thanks so much, Matt. Appreciate it, man.
All right, we'll head to a commercial break. We're back after the break with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh is going to talk high school basketball with us today, which officially got underway here in Clark and Floyd counties on Tuesday night with a handful of games. And you've got some additional games being played tonight here, uh, a day, a night in advance of Thanksgiving. We'll be back with Josh. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Wednesday program. High school basketball is back. A couple interesting games on Tuesday night. There's a handful of games here on Thanksgiving Eve and some more games in our area, including a couple big ones on Saturday as well. So the high school hoop season is uh, definitely here. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is going to join us here in just a second. Uh, But to recap last night, uh, three games of interest really with local teams Charlestown, a 77-69 winner over New Washington. Rock Creek got a good early win against Henryville. Competitive game, 67-61. And Eastern Pekin defeated Borden by seven points at 45-38. That's a rivalry game there for both of those teams to start off the season. And tonight, Clarksville-New Albany. I know that's a game of interest. Curious to see what this Clarksville team's all about. Also, Curious about New Albany. Uh, I know Justin Carter is going to be out for New Albany for the first four games of the regular season, but that is an interesting local matchup tonight. And I believe we have Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with us right now. Uh, Josh, the season is officially here. Girls are underway and have been for a handful of weeks now, and the boys officially in our area last night, the first game. Yeah, first games are underway. It's uh it's here and uh you know it's it's time for it's time for some hoops and that's great you know it's a it's an awesome time you know uh night before thanksgiving it's always a great night for hoops too so uh you know excited about uh, last night's games and tonight's games too absolutely uh, clarksville new albany i kind of mentioned that as we brought you on uh thoughts on that game I, i'm not sure exactly what to expect from either team this season so i think that'll kind of be a barometer here early between those two teams tonight yeah, definitely two teams that uh, we don't know uh, a heck of a lot about, especially as you said, with, without uh, Justin Carter tonight for New Albany. Um, you know, so we'll we'll get to learn a little bit more about uh, about both these teams. Uh, you know, Jim Shannon, of course, is going to want to start off his final season with a victory, but uh, you know, uh, this game being at Clarksville, you know, it's it's very uh, you know, it's kind of an old school game. You know, they used to play. Uh, uh, I don't know when the last time I played at Clarksville, New Albany's played at Clarksville was, but you know, that's a um, that's a nice little nice little gym, and hopefully it can get uh, it can get packed for this game. Uh, you know, we'll see if uh, if Clarksville can can uh, you know come through with a big effort tonight on its home court. Um, but it was you know the I was interested by last night's games as well. Uh, you mentioned uh, 
uh, Charlestown and New Wash. What a what a huge performance by uh, freshman AJ Todd for Charlestown last night, getting that victory. Uh, you know that was uh, that was very intriguing in game. Uh, you know Matt Matt Lynch said they were going to play up tempo this year, and and he wasn't joking. Uh, they got off to a, got off to a big big start last night with the victory. So you know that was that was intriguing, and then. Uh, uh, Henryville and Rock Creek was another good matchup. I was I was at that game for a little bit for the first half anyway, and you know those two teams were, were pretty evenly matched. Uh, you know, Rock Creek pulled away a little bit in the fourth quarter, but uh, they were they were tied after one, and you know it was a one point game after at halftime and after three quarters. So um, you know the Rock Creek obviously they've got they've got high hopes this year. You know they're um, you know they heck they want to win a Class A state title. Uh, we'll see if they can, but. Uh, you know, it's um, that, that was a big way for them to start their season, and and then you also mentioned Eastern and Borden in a big rivalry game last night. The fourth quarter was the big difference in that game. Eastern pulled away in the fourth quarter. I think they outscored them thirteen to six to pull away for the victory. But uh, um, you know, some really interesting games to start the season. Yeah, for sure. Talk. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. You know, some big games for Saturday night coming up later this week. I know Jeff and Cathedral, what a test for the Red Devils. Cathedral, number one in the coaches' poll when it came out earlier this week. Also, Providence and Brownstown. Jack Benner and the Braves are really good, and we'll find out what this Providence team is like. Some some big ones here right after Thanksgiving. Oh, man, Saturday night's going to be huge. I mean, we'll probably have... Uh... I would assume two two number one teams. I don't, you know, the uh, I don't think the AP poll has come out yet, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Brownstown or Providence ranked number one in two A, and then um, you know Cathedral in four A. So, you know, that's two two number one teams probably playing in the area on Saturday night. So that's going to be huge. Uh, you know, obviously Jeff and uh, Jeff and Cathedral, Sharon Wilkerson's first game. You know, hey, welcome to the new job. Uh, you get the number one team in the state, maybe uh, you know nationally ranked team in Cathedral. So, you know that's going to be really interesting. And uh, uh, Brownstown and Providence, you know, I don't want to, um, uh, you know, put too much uh, into this game. But heck, I've got uh, when I filled out my AP ballot last night, I put Brownstown one and Providence two and two A. So, you know that that uh, that could be a a huge matchup at Providence at the Larkin Center on Saturday night, and maybe a. You know, it'll definitely be a preview of a sectional game. I don't know if it'll be, uh, we'll find out if it'll be a first-round game or a semifinal or a, a final. But, uh, you know, Brownstown is, is uh, it, you know, looks like they're the team to beat in 2A. But, uh, you know, Providence uh, is the reigning champ, and, you know, uh, they don't want to they don't want to give up that mantle. So that's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully they'll have a huge crowd there at the Larkin Center because, I mean, that is just... Um, as good as a high school game you'll you'll uh, you might see this year, but uh, you know obviously neither team is going to want to give away too much in the first game of the year. So I don't know how much uh, you know we'll see game plan wise, but uh, you know it should be a really interesting game. I think. Absolutely, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, as we let you go, any uh, thoughts on the girls' season so far? I know we had Jeff Silver Creek last weekend. Jeff also came back the next night and had to, to face a really good Bedford North Lawrence team. But any overall thoughts on what the area looks like here early from the girls' side? Yeah, so far it's, uh, you know, Charlestown is probably the team to beat. Obviously they've, uh, you know, they they beat, uh, they beat Silver Creek and uh, um, last week. And so they're off to, I think they're 6-1 and one after last night's victory. So, 
you know, they're off to a great start. Um, uh, so I think they're the top team. But then, you know, the other uh, huge storyline in the girls, I think, are just, uh, and this may be the case in the boys too, is just the freshman class that are uh, that's that's come in for uh, in the area in Clark and Floyd counties. You know, uh, Brooklyn Wren, I think, which she had like 16 points and 18 rebounds against Jeff the other night for Silver Creek. So, you know, there are just some extremely talented freshmen uh, across the uh, across the area, not only at uh, Silver Creek, but you know, Providence, Rock Creek, I mean, all over the place are some great freshmen. So, you know, it's, uh, those are the, those are the two big storylines so far, uh, Silver Creek on the girl side, Silver Creek, and then just the freshmen, I think, are just, uh, it's an unbelievable class. What is that? The class of 2026, I guess, which is crazy to say, but, uh, you know, that, uh, it's definitely, the future looks bright for uh, Clark and Floyd counties and hoops. That's for sure. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, do me a favor. Pause just for a few minutes tomorrow to have some turkey before you get back to writing your next story or getting out to a ball game Friday, Saturday. You put in a lot of hours, so try to get a little downtime if you can on Thanksgiving. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what we can do. Thanks so much, Matt. Have a great <laughs> turkey day and uh, happy holidays. Absolutely. That's going to wrap things up for this Wednesday program. Have a wonderful, wonderful Thanksgiving. I am very thankful for the Big X, uh, for all the folks around the station, and for the opportunity to join you weekdays at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. There's a guy coming on here in just a few minutes as well, John Spears. I'm thankful for him as well. He'll be on here in just a moment. Justin Kalen, the producer as well. And uh, have a great Thanksgiving. No show Friday either. We've got IU basketball on Friday during that same time frame. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. <laughs>